1: Live, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino, and joining me, as always—well, not as always, because sometimes he just leaves me out in the dry—and he gets guys like Alex to come in. Joe DeLeon.
0: That was, was one. That was one time. I'm sorry that I wanted to go watch Notre Dame play. That's the you know, it is what it is. Oh, we're going to talk oh. about Notre
1: Dame today too. I know this is an SEC show, but you know, you know. Oh, we're going to go Notre oh, we're, Dame. We're talking.
0: We're talking about bowl season. We got Cox versus Catholics. It's going to be a really fun game. <laughs>
1: Well, so well, well <laughs> what I would say is we might want to be careful in saying something like that, Joe, because you know, Cox and Catholics have been in the news before, and you don't want to really get into something like that. You know what I mean?
0: I made the same joke on my show with uh with Sean, who's a former FCS offensive lineman as well, and he made the same counter joke, and I removed it from the Joe from the show, and you go and do the same thing. I mean I, I mean <laughs> yeah. it's just the truth
1: I mean uh, you know you're
0: not you're, you're not I mean you're not wrong um no it, I know it I'm not wrong like a, it sounded like a funny headline but yeah you're right it's it's also at the same time uh, not not the best
1: uh pairing of of names for a game right it's not it's not Co- Cox versus Catholics do you understand the <laughs> well, I, irony here yes I I understand the irony but it
0: See, like the the one the, the five minutes that I first saw it, like my idiot brain, anyone who's been paying attention to the show, I have been giggling over the uh, the cock wording the entire season and I've been using it as many different ways as possible. So I thought, like, oh, that's hilarious. I almost bought one of the you know how they did the the Catholics versus convicts t-shirts yeah, that was yeah, like a yeah. notorious thing. Mm-hmm. They were making shirts that said cocks versus Catholics, and I was gonna buy one. wear it on the show yeah don't do that that out to me yeah sean pointed that out to me and it's not as it's not as clever when you when you put it that way
1: yeah i wouldn't do that yeah and i mean i you know i I love our catholic brethren and sistering i mean we are one we're a a home full of catholics but you know sometimes you just gotta you gotta talk about the truth all right (laughs) joe we do got a lot to get into obviously uh and unfortunately um the passing of mike leach at mississippi state um We'll, we'll get into that. I guess just really – we'll talk quickly about his legacy. You know, the, the, in all seriousness, the Lord has a very unique way. Uh, a, a game w- play, being played in a stadium with a pirate ship. I, I mean, sometimes you just can't make stuff up, you yeah. know. Um, his health had been, you know, had been rumored to be an issue all season. And then, you know, some people believe that Mike refused to do things – Um, during the season to better help himself, but regardless, you know, like that's how much he loved football, and he was an innovative guy. I remember Joe Mike Leach, and we'll we'll get into that. But I I got a story I want to talk about uh, off the top: playoffs and bowl season. Some games that you're looking forward to. I'm really intrigued by Tennessee and Clemson. I want to see Klubnik again. I want to see Klubnik against an SEC team. Um, let's see what happens there. How do they stop that defense? Another thing, Bryce Young and Will, Will Anderson said that they're playing in the bowl game, which absolutely surprised me. Um, I want
0: to, I want to talk about that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that decision. I'm I'm not a fan of that that
1: decision, but those kids are always scared of statement. And, and I guess you could think about it like this too. If those guys were to play like in the senior bowl, what's the difference, Mm -hmm. you know, in some sense. Uh, But let me tell you something now. Let me tell you something. Bryce Young hasn't made an announcement.
0: On if he's declaring or not. If he's
1: declaring or not.
0: It would be really silly. It would be stupid. But
1: but here's my question. My question would ultimately be, if he got hurt next year, how far is he going to fall? I mean, we've seen Sam Bradford get hurt and then be the number one overall pick.
0: Well, that's where things get tricky where... He's currently a member, uh, allegedly, we're we're projecting that he's a member of the 2023 class. He's the first overall pick in this class for me. Uh, He's the first quarterback to go in this class for me for a number of reasons. But he gets hurt next year amongst the grouping of guys next year, which we always do this bit, the, oh, next year's class is better than this year's class. But
1: next year's class is not better than this year's class in in reference to quarterbacks, in my opinion. I mean, I guess you could say, Caleb, well, it's top heavy. Well, is extremely it's extremely
0: top-heavy. It's Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. it's Drake May, and then there's it's also J.J. The McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy's very talented, and he's going to be in that discussion. But my point is that if, if Bryce Young gets hurt, other teams are going to opt for May or for Caleb Williams instead of for an injured Bryce Young. What so if he doesn't I mean.
1: want to go to the Texans?
0: Uh, I... That's honestly, that's a fair, that's a totally fair point. And I'm sure that's why he has And let now. me tell you
1: something, the Texans, and what's crazy is the Texans ain't going to take him. It, it, listen, I I know for a pretty good, I, I, they would have a lot would have to go into it, would have to come down to ownership decision for the Texans to take him too. Like, I, why
0: do, why do you say that? Sourcing. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, Look,
0: that would be a very Texans move to make if they. Decided well, not to...
1: really, not really, because if you think about it, if mm-hmm. you think about it, buddy. I, I mean, I you know, let me, Kyler Kyler Murray gets hurt this year, this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying Bryce is going to get hurt, but I mean, dude's little now.
0: You're so you're talking from a. a I'm talking size from what
1: they're what they what I've heard.
0: Okay. And I, honestly, like as somebody who. Like I evaluate NFL draft prospects, and that's part of one of the shows that I do is, is scouting and talking about players. Mm-hmm. And what tends to happen is the media, which is me, has a very different viewpoint with, than with the NFL. The, the NFL, no matter how progressive they try to be, always has an old-school style of thinking. And what you're talking about is totally true. I would not be surprised if – there's a reason why Will Levis keeps getting brought up, even though he stinks and he's goddamn horrible – at the same time, the reason why he keeps getting brought up is that he fits that old-school prototype. High character, leadership, uh, big arm, big body, big frame, good athlete, can move. Like That's why he's he might likely end up being the first overall pick. It's just that I don't agree with that, that line of things. I don't agree with it either. Yeah. We'll talk on that.
1: Yeah. NCAA hires a new president from Massachusetts, a, a politician – from Massachusetts, yeah, a a, a politician yeah. from Massachusetts. Well, he did play basketball at Harvard. I don't give two fucks what he played. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I I really Man. don't care. What is he going to tell me about it? Look, we talked about this on the show this week, which we and you will get into. Yeah. With the playoffs expanding, they're going to have to change signing day. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Because game because games will be played Saturday. Okay, right. like uh, playoff games will be played today. L- hypothetically, Tennessee versus Clemson goes down today in a playoff setting. Okay, right. so with that being said, you can't do that. Joe, I- I've i made this known and me and you might debate on this. We need commissioners. We need three big commissioners. We need a co- – or maybe even make it four. Okay, you need a football one. Baseball, which I think baseball is needs to be the most regulated on some things. You need more scholarships. I mean, it, college baseball is a big thing in the South. So you you got to do things different there. Also, basketball. Like, I, I mean, you're just going to – Joe, I could talk about Sean Miller this week getting not getting penalized by the IARP. You know, Penny Hardaway. All that stu- – Louisville where Rick Patino had 27 plaintiffs. All of them were named hooker one hooker two hooker three all the way down to 27. That's a, that is a truth. That is a, yes. Like I'm not joking with that. Yes. So in my opinion, we need commissioners. We'll talk on that. A lot of people push back on me with that, but I don't care. You're wrong. All right. And then finally, um, Oh, we were going to talk about bowl games. We'll, we'll talk about that in the playoffs too. Maybe the, how about this to wrap it up? We'll, we'll do a, Pretty big ask us. How about that? Okay. To wrap it Sounds up. Good. All right. Oh, and also, Zach Arnett is hired, but we'll talk about this in the Mike Leach thing. Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, is hired. I think Billy Napier's in a little bit of heat. I, I think. Yeah, do I do.
0: Specifically from that hire, or just. In- no,
1: I think Billy Napier is in trouble in reference to they hired him for recruiting purposes and he's not getting it done. If if they don't land Desmond Ricks, the five-star corner and he goes to Bama or LSU, they're in trouble. Because you hired Corbin Raymond from LSU for that reason and you lost. Okay? Right. And so so and, and, and Ricks the Ricks
0: isn't going to Florida though. There there's very little chance that he ends up picking.
1: Florida. I think it's coming down to LSU and Bama. Yes, as he's absolutely. at LSU right now. And if you for our LSU listeners, go to ayssnetwork.com/form, I did a pretty extensive write-up this morning, woke up early and so I think the Tigers sit good, good there. So let's get this thing rolling, though, Joe. But we'll we'll wait until halfway through the show to do our first break. That sound good? But I we'll we'll do this. All right, guys, Perfect. head on over. Oh, and I made a bet this week or t- this morning. So through our partners over at BetOnline.ag, I did a three-leg parlay. I am taking Jackson State money line, Buffalo Bills money line, the Minnesota Vikings money line. Okay, so. Hey man, it's a three leg parlay. I, I'm good with. I want to win money. I like the
0: Bills pick in there because of the snow situation that they're that they're playing in. I did one of my bets hit yesterday. I was yeah. Those in the guys are from working.
1: Miami, brother. They're not. They're going up there in the snow.
0: That's what. That's what I'm saying. Tua. Like, Tua, Tua ain't never seen
1: snow before.
0: Dude, Tua, this whole goddamn week, so I keep I keep uh, saying the Lord's name in vain here. Yeah, uh, you I do. Catholics versus Cox. <laughs> I, I'm a Catholic. I'm supposed to be a little bit better. But two of this whole damn week is like, oh, it's cold. Like, it's nothing. It's nothing that we need to worry about. That man has never played in no. zero-degree weather with snow on the field. No. Anyone yeah. who's played in, in the cold knows that shit sucks. That sucks to play in. And if you're not used to it, you are in for a rude awakening. So that's a fantastic bet to hit. Yeah,
1: well, and let me tell you something, too. I mean, look, it's, it's going to get really cold down here. You see me wearing the vest. I mean, it's cold in this house a little bit. We got chili on the stove, you know, you know my wife just being a beast like she always is. So I mean, look, that boy, that that dude, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. All right, so head on over to betonline.ag, guys. Use your mobile devices to sign up today. You can use the promo uh, promo code believe fifty. That is believe fifty, B L E A V at checkout to use fifty percent uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag, uh, Joe. We also have over close to three hundred people that signed up for our play pool, uh, sponsored through I Believe this week. So thank you all for for doing that. Uh, I think it led to pack, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, or well, very I'll close. Check
0: that, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we either first uh, or you were second to the draft dudes guys. But I, yeah, th- I mean those that. dudes got
1: like a hundred two hundred thousand.
0: You mind. know, and they have the whole draft network website too so right like yeah the, so one I, person i, I, the whole I feel network. no i feel no
1: shame in coming in two behind them Zero. Oh
0: yeah yeah, yeah okay you you kicked the crap out of uh everyone else which was yes yeah, suck it cam <laughs> specifically cam <Martin.
1: laughs> oh god hey so i shared his thing yesterday about his yeah. his movie list i probably shouldn't have done that because the lsu faithful absolutely obliterated him
0: we were talking about that, and I, we always get a kick out of. Can Rogers, by the way,
1: happens, is our uh, is one yeah. of our colleagues, I believe.
0: Yeah, you, this happens every single week. Time every he, week. Well, every time he puts out one of those stupid polls, which like he knows he's gonna get killed. You are the one who interacts with it, and the minute that it, you interact with it, it's just a downhill spiral from there. Nobody can agree with him because he puts these horrible, horrible lists. Together.
1: Like, dude, his Thanksgiving food list.
0: Stop. Beer should be number one, and then the, whatever else comes after that. Oh, uh, I, I, I would just put drink out- beer is his, is is what he says. Uh,
1: why can't he drink beer?
0: He doesn't like it. He drinks. <laughs> he drinks screwdrivers <laughs> every time that he drinks. He came out to. He came out to L.A. and I, I only watched him drink screwdrivers. That was the only thing that he drink, drank All right. the whole time.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. We don't need it. We don't yeah.
0: need it. We don't need to. Trash him too much. <laughs>
1: All right, let's get into the, into the show. Everybody hit the like and share. Don't be a freaking Rudy Poo. Hit the like and share. I know it's cold. I know it's early. Hit the like and share. Joe, your thoughts on Mike Leach, the pan, his passing this week, ultra sad. Um, let me give you a quick story, though. Yeah. Very quickly. So I met Mike Leach in the summer of 2006 or 2007 uh, when I was getting recruited by Dennis Rowland at Southeastern Louisiana. Um, can you hear me? Okay, it looks like I'm having some issues. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. Um. So in 2006, I met Mike Leach because how money how mummy was the head coach at Southeastern, and when they did a, a a deep dive of the air raid, and when I mean deep dive, it took 20 minutes, and Mike Leach walks in there with a clipboard and and he goes on the whiteboard and he go he does like this, he literally goes. He, he sits there and goes, Hello, everyone. My name's Mike Leach. And he goes, You know how to perfect the air raid. Don't be... Don't be an idiot. Okay? It's what he writes on the whiteboard. <laughs> don't be an idiot. He goes, I got six plays. It's like Novocaine. It always works. <laughs> he walks out and how Mummy goes... You ever see a dog stretch before it runs? And everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Mike Leach, though, I will say this. Loved the trenches. As as much as he got known as the air raid, loved watching the offense and defensive line battle. So that's my Mike Leach story. I guess, what are your thoughts on Mike Leach and everything that uh, he brought to college football?
0: Yeah, I think that the fact that you're sharing a Mike Leach story is such a, a testament to who he was as a person and how memorable he was. And the one thing that I got taken away from this week, like I, I feel like I'm too young or just not haven't been in the media long enough or around football deep enough to have run into him, but everyone seemingly has a Mike Leach story. Everyone interacted with him in some way. And it, it was always positive. I haven't mm-hmm. seen a single person say something negative About Mike Leach in even before his passing and he's just somebody who very friendly very affable um, very memorable person because of who he was not only as his personality for the goofy things that he said in press conferences um, for the the one story that I saw this week that was was really fun was when he was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma and the the
1: play thing the Texas play thing
0: he wrote out oh the the fake script to trick Texas and it worked. And like that's it's so creative but stupid at the same time because it's like typically that I feel like that wouldn't work. Did like, you hear
1: Tom wouldn't. Herman in that? Tom Herman goes, I I mean, I, I pick it up and I'm like, there's no way they would just like legitimately Right.
0: <laughs> right. That's my point is that like to for a team to be that stupid to fall for, and it's just, it's like the oldest trick in the book. It's the oldest like trick in the book move to do something like that, and it worked. But the, separate from who he was as a personality, he is one of the most impactful people for the game. No, now he has revolutionized and altered the course of college football we see today, various NFL schemes, and no, not everyone's running the air raid, but so many air raid concepts have been worked into different offenses. Uh, the way that he approached practice has been altered based on his approaches to uh, making practices more efficient, to get more things in. He is the reason why we see modern college football. You can't write the history book on college football without having a whole chapter on Mike Leach and the air raid. It's it's so important to have him included on that. I, I was listening to a show this week, and apparently you have to have 60% of your, your wins. Uh, or have yeah, 60% the Hall of, of Fame thing but they need to make an exception for that because like, like as we're saying here, he has been so revolutionary for the way that the game looks today. And also he's like one of the winningest coaches at Washington mm. state, one of the winningest coaches at Mississippi state. He, he has done so many things at every single step of the way, and he might not have been perfect. He might've had some down years. He still has been a fantastic coach and they they need to make some sort of exception for that.
1: I, I feel, I, I will say this. I, I... I woke up one morning because Mike Leach was complaining, like a head coach. He was complaining about the referees and the umpire uh, against Ole Miss. And I, I will say this: I, I'm, um, I felt bad about saying he's whining, you know, because when I said that, you know, Joe, I, I didn't mean that. I hate Mike Leach because I really do enjoy. And as Cody sends us a super chat here, uh, I really did enjoy his press conferences. You know, like, I mean, it, it was really entertaining. But Cody McGee says, what what I liked about Mike Leach in press conferences when he did the whole cameo in Friday Night Lights and, with the Inner Pirate. Yeah, I mean, he was a pioneer, man. Uh, literally, yeah. a pioneer for the sport. And, I, I mean, it's sad. You have to go back to the 80s, the last time an active head coach in, in, in a Power 5 program passed away, de- you know, during a season. Yeah. Um, Man, it's just it it's 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 sad, brother. I mean, and I I you know his what's crazy about that story you brought to about Oklahoma. His quarterback was Josh Heupel.
0: I know that was like the, the you funniest know, part about it. There's so and, many different people too that he's he's touched along the way that he's interacted with. Like Lincoln Riley was a was a walk on quarterback at Texas Tech, and, and then was his him, GA. Yeah, told him like be a student assistant, and, and right. the rest is history with him.
1: Well, his coaching tree is. Utterworldly, like Sonny Dykes yeah. comes from his coaching tree. Dave Aranda technically comes yeah. from his coaching tree. Um, you know, like, and let me say this: when him and How Mummy did with the air raid, it is incorporated everywhere. Okay, like the the Joe the 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 trips right stick route with the backside slant is yeah. is, is completely the air raid. Okay, people call it West Coast. No, the way that they do it is completely different. The option routes, things like that. So, they, they were absolutely a pioneer. So, you know, we, we think for his family and obviously, you know, for the entire Mississippi State team. Um, Zach Garnett, though, was hired. The, their D, their current D.C. or was their current D.C. was hired as an next head coach. I, I, I don't know how to react to this, Joe. Okay, like – they don't have an athletic director. Their athletic director went to Auburn. Their head coach just passed away. I, I mean, man, I, I don't even know how. I mean, I don't want to say Zach Garnett was rushed to the podium, but my God, did it feel that way? Like, they, and they talk about stabilization. Yeah. But but at the same at the same time, but here's another thing: his buyout's only like twelve million dollars. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's right. not crazy. But regardless, I, I mean, don't make emotional decisions and. and that was my whole thing about this Zach Arnett situation, him being hired.
0: Yeah, I understand having that sentiment with the Zach Arnett hire. And at the same time, I also don't hate the logic of, okay, everything's kind of going down right now. Everyone's very emotional, and we, we want to have somebody that the, the players are comfortable with and that they, that they can lean on. I, I feel like it wouldn't have been uh, the best to, to go out and make an outside hire for next season, for a team that they're you know these guys are probably hurting. They're probably as hurting as much as anybody that that's interacted with him because he's a guy that they they all probably saw the day before and was was coaching them up the day before.
1: Yeah, he was at a Christmas party. He was at a Christmas party.
0: Yeah, and you know what I mean to, to to lose your head coach like that, I feel like this was to, to your point. It is an emotional decision, but the decision is we don't want we want our guys to feel comfortable. We want them to be with somebody who. Is a part of the coaching tree that is, you know, familiar with everything, and they don't want to probably change too much. I think that was what the approach was. The buyout's cheap. They don't have an athletic director, so they can't really do a proper search. They need to hire that athletic director, which is probably going to take a year. That search is always longer than the head coaching search because of how well they said that they came down days. to
1: their final four, and we're going to make a decision before the holidays and not go public with it. Oh. And now they've postponed that because. Let me tell you, tell you something about Cohen, who's a new AD at Auburn. Cohen had pretty much told him he was out. Like yeah. he, I mean, this thing with Auburn had been going on for a while. Okay, right. So they had been they had, they had been aware. But I I but you're right. Okay, ad an ad search usually takes up to a year. LSU had an interim uh, for a while, but basically But I mean, long story short, they got Scott Woodward in and out of here. I mean, but that I, I can. I can confirm that that was going on for over a year of them talking about him coming in. I I agree with you. I I mean, I get that the guys are hurting, and you need a stabilization. I get get that. Like, I really, really get that. I also understand that at times, this is when you did need an athletic director, okay? And, you know, it just – it really stinks because – there, there would be somebody that would take over Mississippi State, like of, of quality. Okay, yes. so, yeah. it, it, you know, I, I, and Zach Garnett might do really well. He might do really well. He's and look, he's a good coach. Okay, yeah, like, he's a
0: really good defensive. Coordinator. He's a really they, good. They were surprisingly right. good this year.
1: Well, they gave LSU fits. They gave Ole yeah. Miss fits. So they gave Alabama fits. Okay, like he's a good DC. But the, the problem is, is he a good head coach? We'll we'll find that out, uh, as well. So shout out to Mike Leach and everything that he does, he did for the sport. You know, it, it, I guess it is what it is. Um, I, I it just really sucks. I went on a Mike Leach deep dive, by the way. His cameos, oh my god. Oh god, yeah. The nacho ones. Well, you. And then you know how he breathes. Like yes. I feel like that's an act sometimes. Okay, he's like. Well, I mean, what kind of meat do you want? I mean, you can't go beef because it's too greasy, and you already got cheese. And don't give me American cheese. Give me cheddar and pepper jack. Have you ever ate melted pepper jack cheese? And I'm like, oh, my God. This is a conversation I have with myself. I never go public with it. And he's going, you know. Um. Anyway, so shout out to Mike Leach. All let right, right, let's, let's transition, though. Uh, to this playoffs and bowl games. Where do you want to start off with? Do you want to start off with bowls or do you want to start off with the playoffs? Because I kind of I want to start off with the bowls and then make our way up to the playoffs, but I, I'll let you decide.
0: Yeah, I think we should talk more of, the, more of the bowl games that we've got going on because we still have a little bit of a runway before the New York Six games. Before well, we guys. won't be, but we won't be
1: on yes, here. And true. so I think that's we should true. get both because Christmas Eve is, is next Saturday. So I think yes. we should we should touch on both.
0: Yes, uh, let's talk about the bowl games first. I think. Okay, what's that. your face? All
1: right, I want to. I want to get to this. Let's go a little Notre Dame. Let's get to some big ones. Let's start with Notre Dame and the Cox. We talked about that earlier today. Um, who's playing quarterback for Notre Dame?
0: That is uh, a, a shit show right now. Uh, I honestly don't really know, and I <clears throat> I keep trying to figure out who that guy is going to be for that game. But Drew Pine enters the portal, which you know, good riddance, I thought that he sunk the whole season. I don't think that they needed him. And the, the writing was on the wall that they're trying to get a transfer portal quarterback to come in. Now, Tyler Buckner apparently might be healthy. He might be available, but like, I don't, I don't know the, the, the possibility and the likelihood of that. He was their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season before he suffered a season ending injury. The other option and the scary one is Steven jelly. Who's a true freshman from New Jersey from Bergen Catholic. And he's fine. It's a talented kid. Um, not the guy that you want to trot out there to go against an SEC defense for his first career ever start. I I don't have a lot of expectations for Notre Dame in this game because the quarterback situation. Even if Buckner comes back, he hasn't played at all the the entire year. It's a tough situation to step right back in. And to be honest, as much as I hated on South Carolina beginning in the year, they're hot right now. They're a very, very hot team right now. So this could be a buzzsaw that, that Notre Dame's stepping into.
1: Well, so they do have a pair of tight ends that left. So they have – they, but I forget the little white kid that looks like Mike Allstott who's been kind of like – you know, he, he was the guy against Clemson, if you remember, had the one-headed catch. Yeah. Um, so Jaheen Bell was great, and, and the kid that went back to Oklahoma, I forget his name. He was good Austin too. Austin Stogner. Austin Stogner. He, he was a – Bell he, he, was a lot more – Right. Stogner, Stogner was, you know, below average SEC player. I mean, yeah. let's just call it what it is. Um. South Carolina is the hottest team. Probably you can make the argument was is the hottest team going into bowl season. I, I, look, I, I don't know. I, I, you could say this is a Brian Kelly fault, but but I, I'm going to say this about Notre Dame in general, and that you're going to push back. I think this is the worst matchup they can have right now. I like. I, I really do believe. South Carolina, the way that they've been hot, they have a new offensive coordinator that's coming in. Like they Spencer look, people ragged on me for three weeks about this Spencer Radler take. I get he throws picks, but you can't stop what they've been doing. I think it's a bad matchup. You know, is 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 Notre Dame's tight end playing as well? He declared for the draft, but I I... I'm pretty sure he said he was he was gonna he was skipping the bowl game. So Notre Dame doesn't have the biggest weapon that they need. I think this is a very bad matchup for Notre Dame. And I'm not saying that you know, yeah,
0: he's not playing in the bowl. Michael Mayer. Yeah,
1: Michael Mayer's not playing in the bowl game. And I,
0: I don't think I Foskey who's their best Foskey's end, not
1: playing either. The defensive end. Was, right? Did you just burp?
0: Uh, no, that was just a that was a a a sigh of, of oh, disgust oh. and exalt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. And then <laughs> Look, this uh, let's let's let us let us let us just say this. This isn't a Brian Kelly thing either, because like schools go through stigmas. Okay, LSU can't beat Alabama, Georgia can't win the big one. Notre Dame's got to have some bowl success, and really, Joe, until they can prove to me that when you're up 28 and then you and Oklahoma State roars back and beat you, like there's stigmas, right? They're gonna have to overcome yes. that. And I have to see them overcome that, if that makes sense. Now, right? You know, we'll 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 talk about Notre Dame because of the early signing day thing. Yeah, there's a Joe. I, one prominent offensive coordinator that a lot of people know, and I'm not going to mention his name, told me this, and why a lot of guys don't like recruiting and being in college. Guys, I'm out here recruiting. I'm not studying film. Okay. My question would be for Notre Dame with this whole Peyton Bowen thing. You know, it's being reported out, and that's out there. How much are they really focusing on this bowl game? You know, because they got to look. If they lose Bowen, all that shit they talked about Brian Kelly can't recruit you too. Okay. The
0: the thing that the, the, the thing is, it's so dumb with NIL though, is that it's it's the world we now live in, and I it's it's. I, I, I thought Notre complaint. Dame had money. They do, but for some self righteous reason, they're not really offering guys that much money. Well, then prepare to lose. I, look, they've got really, really rich alumni, and probably some of the, they do. of the richest alumni bases in the country. And they do. They just need to pony up and offer the money. Uh, I don't. I don't. Again, it's it's so complicated to really understand because you're not a part of those backdoor conversations to know like what the collectives are saying like what those alumni groups are saying and and who they're talking to to get a few whatever the money is those numbers are arbitrary because we kind of saw this week with with Josh Pate saying that those numbers are always okay. inflated and then a lot of these recruits came out and said you're absolutely right they're inflated Joe I, let me
1: it, stop you very yeah. quickly on that yes. I've been on that hype train for over a year you can ask my our producers Joe the kid that going going to Tennessee Nico this week he's not getting paid 7 to 8 million no he's not I, I like I can Joe, you want to know the highest paid person in NIL last year? Bryce Young. You know what his 1 million. public— Yeah, it was well, it was like 1.8 total. Yeah. The, the thing that that got him over the million was no, uh, Dr. Pepper signed him. Listen to this now. A 5-year contract. Yes. Okay. So, th- so those
0: deals like that are the ones that are actually paying. That's not an that's not an NIL deal. No, that's not an Alabama, NIL. That's deal. a Dr. Pepper deal.
1: Correct. Well, and here's another thing. It's not to state Alabama. Like, it's not – and let me say this. It's not something Alabama's putting together, okay? Like, basically, Dr. Pepper is one of the biggest SEC spenders, okay, college football spenders out there. They have the – what's that little stupid commercial they do every week? They change it up. Um, um, something. Something uh, house. Fansville. Fansville, okay? Yeah. They, they're they going to do – and let me tell you what they're going to do next year. You ready? They're going to do it with Caleb Williams. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing absolutely. to do with yeah. it has nothing to do with Alabama. They're not getting paid that, but continue.
0: Well, all I was saying is that these numbers are are so inflated. There's there's a lot of hearsay when it comes to what the numbers actually are. So it's hard to really know what's going on. But Notre Dame, whatever that number is, needs to just catch up with it. I know that they, I think that the premise that I've heard that Notre Dame's going after is okay, look, go ahead. If you want to go to these other schools, and you want to take the money, go for it. Take the upfront money. But at the same time, If you want to come to a school with a really good business program and learn how to actually market yourself and turn into a a highly reputable kid, you're going to make more money in the long term, which I like that. I like that approach. It's a dumb approach. Some of these guys are still getting NIL money. They're still getting paid. But the argument is that, like, go to a school with a bad business program or go to one with one of the best in the country. They're not there.
1: They're not there to play business. The kids
0: who go to Notre Dame are,
1: though. The
0: kids that like Peyton Bowen and, and, signed and, up, originally signed up for that. Keon Keeley, when I talked I don't, to him he I don't, committed to Notre Dame, he, he made that decision based on
1: like – And where are those how, two kids? And and, and hypothetically – They took the money. Well, here because here's the thing. You can say what you want. Alabama's got a fantastic business program.
0: Fantastic. Oh, yeah, but it's not – it's light years below what Notre Dame has. That's, I don't want to. No, I don't
1: want to say light years because Joe. Here's the problem that I think that Notre Dame faces. Okay, yeah. when you talk about stuff like this, a guy like that, a guy like Keeley or Bowen, it doesn't matter what their degree is going to say because the fandom that they're going to have if they succeed, buddy. I, I, a former LSU alum. Okay, former, got an LSU business degree. He's clearing over nine million dollars a year just in his business. It doesn't matter that it said LSU. Uh, it, it it doesn't. I, I I don't look. I don't disagree with that. And look,
0: I went to the University of Rhode Island, which doesn't have a has a, a crap media program, and yet I'm exceeding the. Yeah, y'all have like circus. y'all have
1: things like, you know, your 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 what do you call that majors like clam chowder making,
0: and, and watercolors. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what that's what we what we have at the University of Rhode Island, but I. I've always had that philosophy, but my main point is that if these guys that usually commit to Notre Dame are guys that come from very typically private schools uh, with, with, with Christian backgrounds in general, that want to go somewhere for a really good education and want to prioritize education. Like that's the, that's the idea that you get with a lot of these guys that end up going there. They want both. It's the perfect combination of, of both in my eyes. And that's what like I've always been sold on. And the reason why I, i love notre dame why i originally wanted to go there and then i opted to play football instead of trying to go there it's it's what's the selling point for these guys and that's what the recruiting pitch is is like yes go ahead you can be a you know a big name player what you're talking about create a fan base you're always going to have that fan base invested in you giving you money you're going to make it to the nfl all those things but i think some guys aspire to like i remember there was an offensive lineman this was way before nil like five or six years ago who would have gone to the nfl but decided to just end his career after his junior year and then go get a finance job. Some of these guys prioritize that. Like, that's important to them. They really like working. They want to have a, uh, you know, build a, it's just a different vibe. And it's more of like, I think, a more of a North, Northeast vibe. A lot of guys from that Northeast area, a lot of guys, um, you know, coming from like that Atlanta area that just have that approach, that, that that's their priority that they're, they're going for. Right, I, want to to I want to get to some of these comments.
1: I want to get to some of these comments right after this statement. Sometimes, Joe. Sometimes, you need and excuse my. You need a motherfucker. Meaning, on the top of the. If you want to win national titles, you need the motherfucker. Who's the motherfucker I'm talking about? The motherfucker is the guy that is of elite talent. Will Anderson, Peyton Bowen, Shelton Sampson. These guys that are just ultimately elite. Deshaun Womack. Whoever it may, Desmond Ricks. We we're talking about him earlier about going to LSU or Alabama. The bottom line that I'm trying to say is, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Notre Dame. You're going to have a very good approach of getting the middle team. Like you're never going to be getting your ass kicked. You're going to be middle pack, meaning you'll be a ten, you'll be a top ten team. And that's great. But the way to get over that hump is not a Brian Kelly thing. It's not a Marcus Freeman thing. It's, yeah. it's a Notre Dame thing. And if you want to play with the big dudes, you're going to have to sacrifice some of your moral, comp, your moral compass and paying these guys. Joe, you want me to tell you why, why I say this? We talk, I, I sent you a tweet last night that said North or South is greater than North. I, I said that because I was thinking about today and what I wanted to bring up. Okay. The, uh, of the FBS, the Power Five national title winners over the last twenty years. You ready for it? The Southeast and Ohio State. Oh, you were talking
0: from like an, a like a college perspective. I I'm talking from, from a college general. perspective.
1: Okay. What team? And you know what the SEC is doing? They're paying dudes. If yeah. Notre Dame wants to get to prominence and over that hump. They have the infrastructure. They have the wealth. They have the talent for them to do it. And until they, until Notre Dame decides, oh, oh, we're too prideful. Shut up and pay. Because until you do that, you're going to get your ass beat. You know who's doing it? Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Bama, Texas. But
0: you know, you know who has a very similar recruiting approach, and, and it's not that far. Michigan's not really, like, one of those big... But Michigan's paying dudes, out.
1: though. Their NIL their nil collective was reported by Pete Thamel to have $4 million in it. They're How paying. Does,
0: what, Notre Dame's not paying people. They're not not paying people. I'm saying but that, But like the Michigan's elite like dudes, to you yes. gotta pay. Yeah.
1: You're about to but, lose Peyton But Bo- Look, you... I don't like, I, you know, me and Brian Driscoll have had our issues, but he reported, and it got leaked on Twitter, his little thing about Peyton Bowen getting three to $4 million offer from Oregon. You're losing the Keeley kid to Alabama or wherever he's going to go. Well, they
0: are, yeah, they already lost him. He's
1: okay, serious. they already lost him. Joe, your two top-tier recruits, the two top-tier recruits hypothetically are either going to go to a guy that was in the SEC – and knows what Kirby Smart did to get elite athletes there, and you're losing it to Alabama and the SEC school. The reason is because Dan Lanning and Nick Saban are cut from the same cloth, and and coaching in the Southeast, you got to do it to win. You might not have to do it for Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer might not ever take a cent, but the bottom line is for you to get over the top, you got to pay. No, I don't. And the look, business thing, Chris says this. Yeah. You know, my wife's got three degrees, and everybody, you know, she's got three people under that work. You know, they got a Notre Dame degree. You could say the same thing about Notre Dame to LSU. My point is, those top tier dudes, mm-hmm. you gotta pay for, brother. You're just gonna have disagree.
0: to. I don't disagree. I was more so just sharing how Notre Dame approach. Well, it's it. a
1: dumb approach.
0: It works for those four-star kids. Like that's where the, that's where they're getting them, and that's why they have so, they've got like twenty-something top four-star kids, talented players, good, great athletes. But the I agree with your point. There does need to be a certain divide of keeping Peyton Bowen to have the money to keep. Do Peyton. what I you got to do. Keon, I know. I know Keon. There is obviously money involved, and we don't know what those numbers are. I think Keon Keeley was a little bit different because he, he didn't decommitted as early as he did. I from what I understood is that he had people in his corner that were encouraging him to take visits elsewhere. And I, and, and not to stay committed just to see what the the opportunities out there were. He loved Notre Dame. And again, like I interviewed him, I wrote an article on him. Uh, I, if I can pull the article, I'll send it to you. This is my brief stint when I was at Irish breakdown for a little bit as a, as a contributing writer. And he was all in, he loved Notre Dame, loved everything about it. He was recruiting guys. He was very excited about it, but I think that what shifted him to Alabama was the star factor of all the, the edge rushers that come out of that program and seeing what Will Anderson's doing and watching him go to work. Like, I think that was what the case is, but I totally agree with you that that's money has not to be the, That's
1: not the case. I, I look, Joe,
0: you think he made that, that, that decision based on money entirely
1: and make an offer. he can't refuse
0: Joe, I don't. I'm saying it's a little bit of both. And I'm telling you, really and I'm telling, and
1: I'm telling you, I was born at night. I wasn't born last night. It's a different way of. Di- you're gonna get mad at me, and if yeah. Peyton Bowen leaves Notre Dame, you're gonna go down to probably ten in recruiting, and LSU will be at number three, and you better be ready because I'm gonna be an ignorant asshole all over social media I'm gonna, when I'm that happened. I to mute you that day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, to I will text it to you. <laughs> You're going to have to legitimately block my phone number because the truth was you, you got to be able to get a Harold Perkins to win Natties. You don't have one. You can think that you do, but you really don't because here's the difference. LSU is about to get another Harold Perkins and another Harold Perkins and another Harold Perkins. You have one. LSU's. I'm telling you, Alabama's got two, three, four. They're about to get two more. You had one committed. My 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 point is, this is an every year thing. Like you got to. What separates the top from the bottom is who's spending the most money. And bottom line is, bottom line is the teams that are spending the most money are winning. Yeah. Of the recruiting budgets, you want to know the top five recruiting budgets in the country. You ready for them? Yeah. What do you got? Do you it's got? Alabama. It was Georgia. It was LSU. It was Texas a And M. It was Texas. Uh, or, or let me back. It wasn't Texas. It was Ohio State.
0: So Texas a And M and
1: Texas are in there. Texas a And M is really di- Texas a And M. It was different because of how they how they enroll their you know how they enroll their recruiting. And how they spend for it it's all privately funded so you don't have records of that of of some of it my, my point and, and look what happened in recruiting last year with AM. those kids got their money and left you have to have a good structure and you're gonna laugh at me when i say this here's the bottom line why brian kelly left notre dame whether every anybody wants to mention it or not he left notre dame because they wouldn't pay that's it you can you can make the argument all you want to he left because they wouldn't pay.
0: Here's one Joe,
1: what's going to happen if he finishes with two top 3 recruit top 4 or top 5 recruiting classes and 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 back to back years? What's going to happen?
0: Well, he's in he's in the SEC and he has the it money has to work with. It has nothing to do like with the
1: SEC. He has
0: he's got the money to work with. We're talking about like how they're willing to pay. He's got the money to work with. And again, I don't disagree that like paying it has its advantages of of getting guys, but I, at the same time, we were just talking about earlier how how Bryce Young is the highest paid NIL player and how that money isn't coming from a collective. It's coming from a branding deal because he's the right. best, most notable player in the country. So in a way, it doesn't even really matter what that upfront NIL salary or whatever we want that's to call right. it is. It doesn't really matter. So that's my point is that, like, go somewhere that you can just market yourself. Like, that's what I don't get. Kids want to just take the upfront You money. ever had somebody,
1: you ever have somebody give you $100,000 under the table?
0: No, I have not. Yeah, you know, if you're an 18 year old, you're gonna you're not gonna think very clearly, and you're gonna you're gonna opt to <laughs> make that decision, which is why Joe, I we're 30 18. years.
1: I'm 32 years old. Somebody huh. slides me 100k underneath the table where you won't be at tomorrow. I will drive that little fucker there myself. Even if, if somebody like- offered Ben Ruffino 100 thousand dollars right now, I would huh. say what time, where, and and what's the temperature? Okay, I would get him clothes, been- food, and let him go.
0: Even if you were taking them to like Alaska or like Russia, like you would drop.
1: Them okay, off there okay, then, I don't don't, I don't throw in Russia. Sorry, Let's be relative here. Example. Okay, yeah. if, if if the University of Alaska, the U of A, go go Polar Bears. If they come, <laughs> <laughs> if they call, <laughs> yeah. if they call Ben Ruffino right now and said yeah. we're offering a hundred thousand dollars in NIL money, bye bye.
0: No, I mean, money influences decision-making. It's not always the best decision-making, but it influences decision-making. No, but what
1: happens is he can make better decisions without being financially stressed. And I feel like me and Megan raise a great home. I I really believe that. So, uh, you know, go Polar Bears. All right, let's get to... Like, the final, before we move on,
0: the final thing that, like, look, I just don't think we should be surprised that Notre Dame has this approach because, uh, like... You're right. I, I I, for one, am somebody who as a longtime Notre Dame fan have read so many different books from different coaches, uh, like Eric Parsegian uh, about, about his era. I just finished reading Lou Holtz's book, all great books. And a lot of things that they talk about, they're like we're just at this point in time where there's less academic restrictions to get guys into school. It's very rare for them to currently in this Marcus Freeman era for them to be willing to work with him and help get guys that maybe typically wouldn't fit the Notre Dame criteria for admissions to get in. I was reading the Lou Holtz one and, um, and, and Tony Rice, who a fantastic one of the best quarterbacks in, in Notre Dame history, almost didn't get into school. Lou Holtz offered him a scholarship and had to go beg admissions to let him in because he was like point one off on his GPA for what they wanted. That's to ridiculous. They, That's they ridiculous. So, but they ha- they're always going to have. And I saw somebody say it's ego. It is. I'm not going to sit here and, and blindly defend uh, a uh, you know a, a, an alumni base that I'm not a part of, but. I associate with because of my dad going there, they all have this old school, old fart mentality of like, you got to have the, the grades to get in. And, and and it goes in line with the money thing. They're probably thinking the same damn thing. Like, oh, we shouldn't have to pay these kids. They should be excited that they're getting a Notre Dame education. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of all that. I do think that there's value The world in it. changes. Yeah. I think that there's value in it. And I think the smart kids are going to realize that. But at the same time, you do need to offer these kids a base salary. It's not that much money. I point to I was reading an article. The Saw McCullough, the Indiana defensive end, right, 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 to Oklahoma. He was only looking for three hundred thousand dollars. Like that's not that couple million dollars that we're talking about here. And he's one of the best edge rushers in the country, and was the best edge rusher on the transfer portal market. So I he agree with that. Take a lot of money. Well, and it uh, doesn't.
1: Okay, like I know for a fact that the A and M, what A and M was offering kids last year, was uh, some of them fifty thousand dollars a year. They have 27 kids 26 kids in the portal. So my point, my point is the under the table deals are still being made. Yeah. And people don't like to hear that. It's just the truth. All right, let's move on to another bowl game. Cause I still want to get to the playoffs and we got to get to this NCAA thing. The, the president, let's go Alabama, Kansas state surprise. I, I'll give you the floor. I'm going I really going to show up on this one as a draft guy, as a guy that covers guys. You, how surprised are you? Bryce young and will Anderson are playing. Yeah, this
0: game is what it is, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. But I, frankly, I completely hate the decision for for them to play in this game. Uh, Bryce Young, I think, should be the first overall pick. But at the very least, he's a top 10 pick. If there are questions about his size and his frame, Will Anderson is a top three pick. And maybe the Texans could even talk themselves into saying, let's give Davis Mills one more shot, or let's go after a veteran quarterback, and we're going to equip this defensive line because we want the best player in the draft. Both really talented players. This bowl game is meaningless. And I know a lot of the old school uh, football fans hate that take and want guys to play in the bowl games. But there is no value in them for playing in the game. The two most recent examples that come to mind, and there's plenty of them, but I think Matt Corral, who was possibly a first-round pick last year, uh, injured his ankle in his his meaningless bowl game, and that completely disrupted his trajectory. But the worst one of them all is Jalen Smith from Mm -hmm. Notre Dame. Tore up his knee, nerve damage. And he hasn't been the same player since. He had a couple good years with the Cowboys, but that knee has caught up to him. These games, as, as much as you want to go out and ride out with your guys one more time and have one more final game, I know that there's money now available to these players. I just I don't like it. Like these, There's a playoff. If you're playing in the playoff, go play in the playoff. You should play in the playoff. Jackson Smith and Jigba should be playing in the damn playoff. Well,
1: he's injured, he's got, though, right?
0: He's injured.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he hadn't played all year either. Like, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I don't agree with Jackson Smith and Jigbo officially going in. Okay, but you know, there comes a time like the Boses did it. Okay, and he wasn't coming back, and they told him like, if you come back, you're going to really hurt your stock, and get if you yeah. get hurt again. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Like, he's not going to prove anything, in my opinion, with Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I agree with you and then disagree at the same time because the pushback is everybody gets mad about finish out your bowl game, finish out your season. You know, and and I understand that, but they're not Bryce Young, right? Like, and as Paul says right here, maybe Bryce's NIL dictates that he plays in the bowl game. I don't think.
0: I'd hope he doesn't make his decision.
1: Basically. I I don't know if it does. But what I do, what I will tell you is that I do believe what happens here is when you don't have guys declaring, okay, as are, like those two dudes, what has Saban got cooking?
0: Well, see, we've always known that Saban's a really good coach. And, and he's his guys, they all talk about how much they love him. And I think that that's just a genuine, genuine ability to – Established relationships with these guys. I think that they are just they want to be a part of the program and finish out. They were probably really disappointed that they missed the bowl game. That was probably the reasoning. They were probably disappointed that they missed the playoff, and they just wanted to finish out the season and and play with one final shot and get one final good game in. And I'm I'm praying that there's no issues for these guys. Well, like it's, and it's look, awesome. this
1: isn't a common occurrence at Alabama. Jerry Judy, who was a top 20 pick, did it. Uh, Henry Ruggs did it. Uh, uh Jalen, uh, Jalen Waddle try to play in that playoff game, but that's different. But you get what I'm saying. It, it's not something that's out of the realm. But, you know, look, we'll see. I mean, I, if you make the decision, okay, you're going to have to live with that decision. You know, Matt Corral got injured. We forgot about Matt Corral. You remember Matt Corral, like, really yeah. messed up his ankle and couldn't, and couldn't do anything for the teams. And then now he's at Carolina and just, you know, nobody Float around. You know, right. I mean, so, um, it's tough. I, I mean, I would advise them not to play. If you're going to the draft, I think Saban gets selfish with that sometimes. Like, w- Will Anderson's draft stock's never going to be higher. Never, never. Br- I, I would, I would say that. Bry- you know, maybe Bryce Young's could because the thing with Bryce is he's still a younger guy, meaning, you know, he could come back and still be 21 years old, right? And so. There are parts of me that I was like, okay, well, I can maybe understand with Bryce, but Will Anderson, you, you have, Bryce Young could play 15, 16 years in the league. Will Anderson probably won't, okay? Like, he, he will be on the massive decline, like Von Miller. Von yeah. Miller has, Von Miller has had more injuries this season than he's had in his t- entire career. That is confirmed. Right. So, I, how long Von Miller been there? I think 12 or 13 years. Now, yeah. you know, now he's on the decline. So my point being is, I understand it for Will Anderson. I don't, I don't think he should play. All right, any other bowl games? Are uh, you you want to finish? You guys. Well, know? no,
0: that just echoing the same sentiment. But the other bowl games, uh, a non-SEC one um, that I'm going to be watching: UNC versus Oregon. Because like I think we, we're getting most of those players playing in that game, and Drake yep. May's coming back. And Bo Nix hasn't made fun. a
1: decision either.
0: No, I mean, yeah, Bo Nix hasn't made a decision. Which is,
1: I, I, I'm here, I'm here. I'm hearing through the grapevine that he's going back.
0: <sighs> he should just go to the Senior Bowl, man. He's such a Senior Bowl
1: quarterback. Well, my, my, right my point, my but, but, but,
0: but, he's not going to get drafted any higher than he is right now, which is a day three pick. Right? You off don't? The
1: I, don't, off I don't? I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because ah. what if he come? Look, Joe Burrow was the older kid. I mean, look, he could go back and have a and a Heisman he, type he, year he can anything
0: to do with his age though for me it's just that like he Kenny Dillingham just left and that was the big reason for his success and we saw the last time that he was not paired with Kenny Dillingham the struggles that he had at Auburn I I think that it would be time for his stock, like because who the hell I don't even know if they've announced who's going to take over that that offensive coordinator job officially yeah it, it would be better for him they
1: did announce it but I don't I don't remember who it is it's not Joe Brady by the way everybody you know Jesus
0: but I, I, he he's not going to get any higher than at the most a late day two pick, early day three pick. Like that's now is the time. Everyone is has a positive taste in their mouth for bone necks, and I, I you got to take advantage of that. But the, the other game too, uh, the Tennessee Clemson one. That
1: yeah, that's where I, that's where I wanted to go. Look, I, I will say this on the LSU part because you know they'll rip me alive if I don't mention LSU when we talk bowl games.
0: You guys are gonna wax Purdue. That, that,
1: that is ridiculous. Okay. Well, let me let me just say that against. let me just say this very quickly. Drew Brees is gonna be a an interim assistant coach. I hope all of his hair plugs fall out. I hope he breaks a hip. And then when he and then when the game's over, he goes back to being the Louisiana GOAT. Okay? But you of all the games that drew, you get to you you get to coach in and have the ability to. You're gonna coach against LSU. You, Rudy Pooh.
0: Yeah, but he's got no affiliation with LSU. The but bullshit. He, he
1: don't. This is uh, a Louisiana we, thing, and you wait, know that the okay, only but
0: he's more interconnected to
1: Purdue than he is to LSU. Bull? Well, I can't say <laughs> that. You're right, but but let me tell you something. Of Louisiana fans, it's the Saints and it's LSU. There's no in between. There's no gray. Go ahead, go ahead. I hope your hair plugs fall out, bitch. But after that, you know, you're still the goat. I I, I can't say that about Drew. So, I, I'm so just I ma- I'm mad. I'm mad. You right, know why I'm mad? You know sense. why I'm mad? He could have done it last year for LSU. LSU so, needed help. But
0: he has no. But he has no like affiliation with LSU.
1: That's B- my bullshit. Problem. This Bullshit.
0: interim coach thing wasn't popular. I didn't even know this. Dion Branch right now is is the is the interim coach for Louisville.
1: Yeah, he is. Case. Yeah, he is.
0: I, I, I was stunned when did I was you see, did when you see? Did you see
1: the uh, the? There's a video of him saying, uh, he re, he reenacted. Um, remember the uh, Friday Night Lights when the guy at Texas Department goes get you one of these, and he's got a state cha- championship ring. They say Branch walked in there with his uh his Super Bowl championships. <laughs> and he did the Rick Flair. He goes, Oh, these bastards? <laughs> I got like <laughs> seven of them. You know? <laughs> so I thought it was pretty cool. All right. Texas Clemson, go. Uh Tennessee Texas, Clemson, excuse Tennessee, me, go.
0: Tennessee Clemson. I know that we've got Joe Milton in and, and he is what it is. He is what he is. I'm more excited to see what Klubnik does. Um, I know that Tennessee's defense is very inconsistent, but like this might be one of those games where club Nick pops off and has like another huge game. And then we're going to be talking about going into next season. This is a Heisman finalist. Like this is a, a Heisman uh, nominee going into the season. Watch what he does next year. The hype train will start to roll. Like the, the way that that secondary has played for Tennessee, he might pop off and put up some
1: numbers. I think they're going to roll. Let me, let me tell you. So I've been on this Clemson train and everybody's told me I'm an idiot. Okay, Joe, Dabo was an idiot by not starting Klubnit. We're all in agreement there. But he is there. And a good quarterback can make, you know, like, you know, T. Higgins, who's with the uh, Bengals, talked about this. He goes, everybody said I was ass before Trevor Lawrence got there. (laughs) You know, like, everybody said I was ass. A good quarterback can make a really talented receiver look good. Okay. I do think they got pieces. Okay, I think Kludnick is one of the best. I, I I think he's one of the best. He might be the number no, and not uh, what well, in two drafts he might be the number one overall pick. I like I, I fully believe he has that potential.
0: The so, thing that scares me though is we said the same thing about DJ Uyunga-Lole. He
1: but but see the the problem with that though is is that we can see him. We've seen him. I was never sold on DJ even in that Notre Dame win or loss. I was never sold. Okay, Notre Dame just let him do whatever he wanted. And Klumnik has done this in two games. Like, we, we've seen him be productive in multiple situations. He came back, and what was it, Syracuse they played. He yes. led them back to a win. And then, yes. obviously, last week, or, or last week, the last game, the SEC championship game, he was the only reason they won. They were really struggling.
0: Well, he also pissed down his leg when they put him in against Notre Dame and he threw one of the worst passes he's he's probably going to throw in his career. So
1: I got two of them where he saved them and one when he didn't. Okay. I mean, look, that Notre Dame game was gone before he got in. I mean, he was trying to make something happen and he just couldn't. Okay. I think they'll be fine. I do want to find out what Tennessee, though, does have in Joe Milton because – they hadn't gone in the portal and got a qb uh, it's being reported that they probably won't go in the portal and get a qb now they're the on, Nico no. kid is on campus yes i saw that okay and ha- have you been seeing how hard they're coaching him it's kind of crazy
0: i mean like, if he's ready to go get him get him out there he by the way his he shouldn't play right away i, I there were some shots of him on the on the sideline in practice his frame man he is so he's crazy. little he needs to – he's he's a tall kid, but I, there's no way that, that he weighs over 170 pounds. Like, he's got to get uh, up to
1: – I think two, he's he's over 200. He's over 200 because he's just so tall, Joe. I mean, he's yeah, over 200. I'm,
0: I'm over-exaggerating. He, You're
1: right. I mean, but I want to tell you to something. That. I saw that video he of him. stood
0: at 195, and he looks like he was, like, 185. Yeah, I, I
1: could see that. Eight. I could see that. Um. I. Mm, I, I – look. The last time we showed Joe, Joe, Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Milton, Joe Milton. <laughs> Thank you. I, I get it's Vandy, but he lit it up. Yeah. Okay.
0: He, he's and he's been talented.
1: Well, he's got talent. That's my thing. Joe Milton's got talent. He's got a bazooka for an arm. He's just, you know, he's what you would call I mean, a guy that you like. He's like Anthony Richardson in a lot of ways. He's more Anthony Richardson than anything. He's highly inconsistent. He's highly inaccurate at times. However, when he is accurate, oh, shit. I mean, because he was accurate against Vandy, and all right, all right. But they ran the ball a lot, too, so they're not going to be able to run the ball. Ball like You know what else is crazy? We talk about Bama. The Clemson's defensive line hasn't opted out. You know, they got Brassy or Brass. You know, there are a lot of these big.
0: Miles Murphy, yeah. They got a lot of these dudes
1: not opting out.
0: There's one kid who accepted a senior bowl invite, but I don't think he he opted out, which is uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe they're trying to they're trying to get like one last good game in that that is Brzee's weird because Brzee's had such a long injury history for him to not opt out of the game is really strange to me. And part of me wonders maybe he does want to come back. I don't know if the total deals with that, but is he, really he, t- he
1: going to get drafted in the first round?
0: I, I want to double check how many games he missed this year, but like I talked about his projection is like he's a top 15 pick in my eyes, but if he doesn't play at least three quarters of his games, and in, in my opinion, I wouldn't touch him until the second round because I the injury history stuff's concerning. Like I that's, that's really concerning because why it sucks drafting a defensive lineman that's in and out of the lineup. I agree with that.
1: Close. I agree with that. All right, since we won't be here next Saturday because of – Christmas Eve. You want to get on this playoffs because yeah. maybe we can do a surprise show before. You know, maybe we can do a morning show on the on New Year's Eve because it's the playoffs and we can just talk playoffs. Yeah, um, buddy, I'm just, I to kind of wrap this up with the ball games and playoffs. I I just I don't I look I, I put a I put a hundred dollar parlay a two leg parlay in. I just don't see a scenario where it's not going to be Georgia, Michigan coming out of this. Like I just don't, I don't think TCU the only I'm more worried about I'm, I'm more sold on Michigan beating TCU than I am. Ohio, Georgia beating Ohio state as crazy as that sounds. I don't know if that sounds crazy, but my thing with Ohio state is, is they just have the weapons that they could, they could shock Georgia and the football gods don't like back-to-back natties. There's not a lot that – I think the last time it happened was 2011, 2012, literally 10 years ago when Bama did it. I don't know, man. I, I just I, – I don't I, – I, 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 I think Michigan's in the catbird seat, if I'm being honest. Uh,
0: as somebody who um, – ta- specifically talking about Ohio State in the Georgia game, as somebody who follows and covers FCS football, uh, I, I don't think it would hurt to, to draw a parallel – on roster structure and what we just saw last night with Incarnate Word in North Dakota State. Like, I think that Ohio State is going to Shout out Lindsey
1: Scott, who screwed me. Screwed Incarnate Word. Anyway. (laughs)
0: Um, I think that Ohio State could give them some fits just based on the athletes that they have. But at the same time, my fear is can their offensive line – Hold up. Yeah, nut up and and play a tough game against – george's defensive line and I, I i frankly don't have a lot of faith that they can. Do i don't i like don't
1: that. either i don't either
0: the converse of that as much as i i am a a tcu uh homer. homer yeah even though i'm not from tcu i i have been riding them all season and i love them they're a fun story they do not stack up well with me they're about to Matthew get shellacked in-
1: they're about you to get shellacked. They're in
0: their bag. Mm-hmm. They're in their bag right now. They're running the ball really well. I know that there's probably not going to be Blake Corum, but if if Donovan Edwards is back fully healthy, they've got
1: who's a, the who's number seven? Who's the kid number seven?
0: Donovan Edwards.
1: Okay, well that kid's better than Blake Corum. I called it.
0: Yeah, he's he's a dog. He's, he's a, a dude. He's, he's much a much dude. More, mm-hmm. Bigger, more aggressive bruiser, and we we've got
1: with top end your, speed with pretty much. Brother, he ran away from Ohio State. Like he's got yes. elite top end speed. Yes, and mm-hmm. he did it.
0: He did it against Purdue too. The the thing that just frightens me is that that offensive line is the best in the country, and that's going to get them to the national championship game. But I don't. I don't really have faith in Michigan against Georgia. I Michigan hasn't been tested as much as well. Georgia has been tested more because of the schedule that they play. But like, I just don't think Michigan has a comparable game that we can sit here and say, well, they did this against this team that they can match up well. And that's what frightens me. And I don't know if I can trust JJ McCarthy. I don't know if I can trust, um, you know, their defense to, to slow down Brock Bowers and company. That's where I get a little frightened in the national championship game.
1: Yeah. But the, the, the weird thing is the weird thing is, you know, here's, you know, what's going to be bad too for Ryan Day is if he loses to Georgia and Jim Harbaugh is playing for a national title, they're going to eat him alive.
0: Well, he almost wasn't even playing in the in the play. He wasn't
1: even almost – Yeah, he needed USC he to lose. Playoff. He needed Nailboy to to get hurt, you know? Yeah. Which, by the way, you know, I'm going to leave that one alone. But, I mean, but the only thing for Georgia and Ohio State for me is that – I can't stop replaying in my head a backup quarterback for LSU who has a history of turnovers and being turnover prone, threw for 300 yards and a half. I can't get out of my head Jaden Daniels, who everybody ripped alive for not being a, 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 for holding on to the ball too long and not being an elite passer, threw for 204 yards in the first half. Joe, they gave up 500 yards in the air. Okay. And my question would be that comes down to this game. LSU's O line held up. In the first half, they got pushed around a little bit, but, and you can call it garbage time, whatever you want to call it. Buddy, they, I don't give two Rudy Poos how much it is because at the bottom, the bottom line of it is they got picked apart through the air. They just did. And, if Ohio State can keep that game close early, they got a shot. If they're within, if they're within 14 points going into halftime, because Georgia's – let me tell you something about Georgia, and I, can, I got the I got the evidence to back this up. Uh-huh. Tennessee, and the, against Tennessee, truth is, if you go pop in the film, they got their asses beat in the second half. Everybody says they put the they they took their foot off the gas. The bullshit they did, they were throwing the ball all over the place, trying to trying to you know separate more. They couldn't. They got stopped. LSU in the second half, they kind of got mollywopped defensively. Uh, Missouri, okay, like they've had times in the second half they've played like absolute dog shit. So I, I just I just for whatever reason I'm picking Georgia to win. Okay, don't get it twisted. I think they're gonna win, mm. but I, I I still think Ohio State's got more of a pun. I think Ohio State has more of a puncher's chance than TCU has a puncher's chance to beat Michigan. I, I know that sounds weird, but I think I think Georgia's beatable. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
0: The only difference, though, it, I mean, it's good evidence to say like. They gave up a lot of yards, and it wasn't the— They gave up
1: a lot of points, too.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not as prolific of an offense as the one that Ohio State brings to the table here in, in this game. But LSU also didn't win the game. And that's why, to me, that's still garbage time. Like, those are garbage time yards. Well, well They like make, they an, argument, like they make an argument and, for Tennessee. What do you mean by make the argument for Tennessee? They didn't
1: score. Georgia got blanked in the second half.
0: Yes. My so, my argument is, is they've done those things, but they still win the games. They're still winning the football games because they have the physicality, they have the intensity on both sides of the football. But I, I'm not my argument, my
1: argument's things. not that they're not going to win. My yeah. argument, my argument is, is they got they got a big, pretty big. Uh, they got a puncher's chance more than anybody on the. Ohio State's got more of a puncher's chance, in my opinion, than anybody because they because of the dudes that they got on the who's Keely Ringo's going to stop Marvin Harrison Jr. Good luck. I,
0: but, uh, but but the, the the counter to that though is they couldn't on stop Kayshawn d- Booty, who, who on Michigan's defense was so good that that stopped them. Like they, they completely took them out of the the end of that game, which is why they won. Which a lot of it was because of the run game in the in the time. Correct. Correct. That's obviously obviously a key factor, but like Michigan's defense, I don't think compares that. No, they much don't to Georgia.
1: No, they don't. But but
0: I just think that Ohio State is the I, on paper the argument is your it's a thousand percent valid, elite receivers, elite quarterback. A talented offensive line. But at the same time, they are, have been known and they've already done it multiple times this year. They even did it against Penn State, where they got punched in the mouth. Anytime that they've got punched in the mouth by a more physical team. But they came
1: back, but they came back and won, though.
0: Yeah, they came back and beat Penn State because they were way more athletic than them. But for Michigan's sake, they got punched in the mouth. Equally athletic, talented team. They couldn't get back into it. Georgia, more talented, more athletic, way Agreed. more physical team. Agreed. Than like this is like you get. I just think that they're going to get punched in the mouth and they're going to get knocked out. I, I, as much as I want this to be a close game and I want a competitive game, I actually worry more that this ends up being a blowout. It, could be. A, it could be. It, it, look, it could be. Look, it could be a lot line for that to happen.
1: It could be, or they got a chink in their armor.
0: Can they exploit it? Can like they exploit? Where, what it well, here's
1: here's the ultimate truth. If they can, some I think LSU exposed Georgia a little bit. I, I really do, you, buddy. I, I'm sorry. When that when LSU's about to be about to score and go down 13 points in the second half, that's not garbage time. It, it, it's not. It's not. But brother, they were playing their entire starting well, defensive.
0: What was, the, what was the final score exactly?
1: I don't. Was it 50-30, 50 to 30? And here and here's the thing, LSU yeah. fumbled the ball. And threw an interception, and but and, and here's another thing: they had they had three three and outs to where they could have tied the foot. Uh, the twenty point game is not indicative of how close that game was in the second half. It it's I, not.
0: It they, just it felt like one of those games, and I know that you you play Madden in NCAA football like I did, dude. Dude, you're the-
1: saying they got skunked?
0: No, I, I feel like how many times have you played like a, a franchise mode or a dynasty game, and you're like, oh, I, like you're you're playing like Akron in dynasty mode, and you're like oh, I'm just going to smack this team. And you're dicking around a little bit. And you're like, okay, well, I need to stop throwing picks. I need to stop making mistakes. I need to stop making these dumb throws. And then the game ends up being a lot closer. My point is that it felt like when I was watching that game, that Georgia was dicking around, thinking that they had that game the whole time, but they were thinking it was going to come way too easily. I just don't think that they're going to come into the playoff game with that same mentality. And that's what happened against Missouri. They came in there and, and Kent State. They were like, Oh, this is this is a, a a much weaker opponent. We're gonna come in. We're gonna knock their teeth in, and and we, we don't have to try as hard. We're gonna give a seventy percent effort. I just felt like they were kind of given that that same vibe against LSU, and that's not a knock on LSU. No, it's not. No, like no, it's not, not.
1: But you could say the same thing about Tennessee. My only thing is, is when you do that, when you do that, okay, there's gonna be a point where you get knocked out, okay. Right. So, so they always
0: get too high on themselves.
1: Correct. All right. Last, last point here. Last topic. Okay. Well, I mean, because we'll we'll make a special show for New Year's Eve or something. Yeah. And talk about it all day. The NCAA hired a new president, and uh, damn, I, for, I forgot his name. Uh, Charlie Baker. Yeah. Republican. I don't care. He's a Republican, but he's a politician. From, and and I guess the sitting governor of Massachusetts, Joe, can I tell you how angry it makes me that you got to go hire a politician when you get the government involved in regulating money? It never bodes well. You're wanting, they're wanting Charlie Baker and they hire Charlie Baker to go to the government to regulate the transfer portal and NIL. Okay. Why don't you just come up with your own fucking decisions? Why don't you just have a backbone and make your own decisions? Like why? Like I, I. This is why I have been on board with having a commissioner. You know who? You know who should be the NCAA president? In my opinion, just throwing his name out there, Greg Sankey. I knew you were going to say. That. Or or a lot of people in the a lot of people in the Big Ten hate your boy. Who's the Big Ten commissioner? Um, Ke- um, Smith. It was it Kevin Smith? Let's, let's look it up. If I'm not mistaken, even hiring him to some Kevin to, Warren, Kevin Warren, to some degree, okay. Two guys that have been absolutely killing it. Whether you like Kevin Warren or not, he just did a deal to get USC, USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. He knows what he's doing, okay. He he got when when Greg Sankey did what he did, he counteracted and he and he and he. I don't want to say match it, but it got as close as he could to matching what the SEC is doing. Why in the hell are you getting Charlie Baker to, to be the NCAA president? And, Joe, here's the biggest thing. We're about to expand the playoff. Yes. When Are you going to push back National Signing Day? They need to. Are you going to – like, there's more that meets the eye than just NIL that he's going to have to fix. And you've had investigations like an IARP – who investigated all these basketball schools, it failed. I I I I really worry. I really worry for the the sanctity of college athletics by har- hiring this dude. I I really worry about it now.
0: The way that I look at this and I said this to you before we taped he's, he's a meat puppet. He's a meat shield. Like that's that's what that's what the point of this is is that there are so many other entities and, and people in the sport that are pulling the strings in the back end, And those are the people that don't want to be the ones under fire. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to bring in somebody who takes the paycheck and is willing to take the heat. That's what they're, what they're trying to do here. And I think part of it too, is that they need somebody to communicate with, with Congress because they used to not be something that was in the full, the NCAA thought that they could just act the way that they were acting without any repercussions. And now that they're, they're being held accountable, they need somebody that can speak the language and maybe fight to get some of their control back, which is stupid. I, He's going to lose. Firm, yeah, I'm a firm believer that Sankey should be the commissioner of college football, should not be a part of the NCAA, and it should be its own separate entity, and and we should have a completely restructuring of the game. I, I have always spoken on that, and I think that that is the direction we eventually might move in. And this lame-ass move to, to go for... Uh, a, a sitting governor, I think, is even more proof that we're going to work in that direction because this guy's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. The one thing that we know about politicians is they they goof around and they waste time trying to make moves, and it, it's just a lot of lollygagging. A lot of times, these things like it, there's a reason why the government's so slow, and the things that need to go through. Yeah, you ever been in course. line at the DMV? Exactly my point. The things that are important are never the ones that are fixed. This is nothing's going to change under this idiot and it is just such a, a an off-base move by the NCAA as much as it angers me the way that I'm looking at it is it it's meaningless it means nothing for us because eventually eventually i think that these schools have enough control and these these conferences have enough control that i'm not talking about like a secession but like th- there's going to be some type of separation where they're going to be the ones who Restructure how everything's going to be shaped up.
1: If you find if you're able to find, here's why. Here's why schools aren't, right now won't leave March Madness and college baseball. Okay, they won't leave because that's their that's the national title. If teams, if conferences, all align and come to a formula formula to to get a March Madness, because the NCAA runs the March Madness. I don't think people realize that they run it. It's yeah. a multi-billion dollar um, thing. For example, Northwestern Mutual paid a billion dollars to be the mainline sponsor. billion dollars over the next six years to be the headline sponsor of March Madness. A billion. The NCAA got half of it, okay, because they're running it. My, my, my point is, is that I don't know if you're, they're going to separate But there does need to be a third party, you know, like, so in fighting, like, I'll use the UFC as an example. You have USADA, who, USADA is basically the doping agency that tests all these fighters for not taking dope, drugs, stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. I think the NCAA needs to restructure who they are. I think they, if they want to run the the championships, it is what it is, it's whatever. But I think they need to be the third party that is an investigative unit, okay? They need to just investigate. Either wrong, wrongdoings into what happens at other programs. I don't think they need to run college uh, co- college athletics. I think you need to dictate, and you need to hire a commissioner. You need to have a commissioner over college athletic or college football, college baseball, college basketball, and and be done with it. Okay, be yeah. done with it. And if you want to run all the other main lo- the min- uh, minority sports, do it. Okay, but everybody says, well, Blake Title Nine, you can't do that. This shit, you can't. Okay, it's all the shit. You can't do it, and then there's people say, "Well, you got to have a collective bargaining agreement, and all that kind of stuff." Well, then figure it out, because I don't mean this in a wrong way to women's athletics. I really don't. I love watching LSU gym, and gymnastics teams. I think that UCLA's got a great one. You're not mainline into where there's so much money being spent with, you know, with all of the stuff that goes in. Olivia Dunn is the, one of the biggest NIL earners at LSU. She's an LSU gymnast. That's great, but the headline sports of college athletics go football, basketball, baseball. It's just the truth. No one's
0: making recruiting violations for women's sports. That they're not accountable.
1: They're not well. They're not, at least they're not being held accountable. Okay, so my bottom line goes into all of. They're going to have to figure something out because it's 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 dying. It's literally dying. You know what I, I said this too. If is there nobody under Roger Goodell or at the NBA who would want to be a commissioner or the NCAA president? You know they've run. You know they they've run highly well run institutions. I can make fun of Roger Goodell all the live long day. They're still a seven billion dollar business a year. So the
0: the the one thing that you just said that actually stands out to me is that you said that it's dying. It, part it of is, me thinks. Part it, of me thinks that these conference commissioners, these school athletic directors, are Lenida? Yes, mm-hmm. I think that this is a I hire that they're like, go with go, go ahead. You, we, we, we don't. <laughs> we, we're not against that hire. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. He's, he sounds great. He sounded. He went to Harvard. He played basketball. at Harvard it sounds great. He fits. He kind of fits what we're going for. And they just want it to crumble. That inevitable crumbling allows them to take control. They can't take control with a with a with a powerful entity controlling the future of the sport which 10 years ago it was significantly more powerful probably was at 10 15 years ago was probably at its peak in terms of the control that it had as an institution right now man it's like a quarter of that it's Mm -hmm. it is so low and they're just waiting for it to die off they're waiting for they're waiting for them to die and then they can they can reap the rewards
1: did you see the new game of thrones the uh targaryen one
0: i don't watch game of thrones i'm
1: sorry I don't want him. Well, you I'm should. It's basically what's happening with the NCAA, with the King, in that, in that series. Just, same thing is happening. Just, They're
0: waiting for him to die, is what you're saying? Waiting for him to die.
1: It's exactly what's happening. All right. Joe, it's been a productive one. We'll be off next Saturday. We'll have some news coming up, I'm assuming. We'll, we'll work that out. Yes. And it will not be the AYSEC anymore, as we'll be doing it. Well, I guess you want to – you want to tell him before we get out of here? We're name we're changing every changing the game. Yeah. All right. We're gonna change it to the Rafino and Joe show. Uh, we'll be trying to go two times a week talking SEC, talk talking college football. And I think it's gonna be fun. So as me and Joe separate, you know, to to being, you know, he's like the Rosillo and I'm like the Van Pelt. I just got more hair.
0: I love I love that comparison you texted that to me. That got they got me a little juiced up. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie.
1: you're you're <laughs> You're the you're the guy who, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain you and Rasillo. You are the same dude.
0: I've never gotten that cop. I've gotten the Jeffrey uh, Dahmer. The, the Jeffrey Dahmer one. We got to end that. Sw- 2023. We, I won't bring it uh, up. The, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely shave my head, and I then nobody's gonna call me that. And I'm going to sit here blind. I'm going to sit here blind every show. put the glasses back on. Put the glasses back on. You look more. You put the
1: glasses back on.
0: Yeah. I've been told I have very beady eyes uh, by my co-host, Sean.
1: (laughs) Well, Sean's just a, Sean's just a, he can, he's so rude.
0: He's a mean, he's a mean individual. He's, he's very a
1: very he's a very mean mean well, individual. Well, it's
0: it's our charm. It's like the we, we hate each other. But are we spelling it Rufino, E A U X and Joe E A U X per the recommendation of Eric? <laughs> I, don't like, I
1: don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I was I I if we're gonna do it, I put I think we put E A U X on mine. You know, but. I, I, I but then
0: it's weird if it's just one of them, you know.
1: I know it's too much. It's too much. EAUX, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. It also doesn't really because we're not. This isn't a Louisiana Southern. thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: We'll see y'all. Uh, you know, we might just do one for December thirty first. So we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure something. We'll do a show yeah. before everything. All right. Yeah. See y'all. See y'all soon, Blake Ruffino, Joe DeLeon. Y'all have a good one.